Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. This is Tony Rose Deanna and she, her pronouns, and you are now listening to episode 58 of our Modern Classroom podcast. So tonight, um, I am actually joined by a guest who's been teaching for over 28 years and has been really engaged and enthusiastic in our Facebook group and really just our social media. Uh, so she was our member of the month in August for our Facebook group, and I'm just so excited to get to know her. So Amy, um, welcome to the podcast. I'm, again, so excited that you said yes and that you're willing to have a conversation um, with us about your experiences. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your teaching experiences, and your MCP journey? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I, um, like you said, have been teaching for 28 years. Um, I have taught pretty much almost every subject and every grade level at middle school. Um, and currently, I reside in um, the Sacramento area. My teaching experience started off in a sixth grade uh, self-contained classroom. Um, unfortunately, because there was a declining enrollment, um, I couldn't stay. And it was kind of an interesting position because I was started off as a long-term sub. I started off at like week three, and then it ended up going the entire year. So it was kind of an interesting thing. I was a little bummed to leave, but was fortunate enough to get um, another job in Yuba City, which is kind of a uh, suburb of Sacramento. Um, and there I started off teaching sixth grade self-contained, did some eighth grade language arts and social studies, also some sixth grade science. And then I was fortunate enough, um, we had a student activities director position at my school. And we actually had two periods off to do the job, which is kind of unheard of. And I got to be the student activities director for a while. And then I ended up here at Antelope Crossing Middle School, which is where I am. Um, I've taught sixth and seventh grade, both language arts and social studies. But I currently teach for the last five years, um, eighth grade social studies. And various times throughout my career, I've also done some leadership team, club advisor after school sports as well. And then two summers ago, I saw a tweet from Kareem uh, about Modern Classroom Project. And that summer, I took the online course and, of course, fell in love. Um, this was the summer right after we shut down in March of 2020. I had so many students share with me how much they really appreciated working at their own pace during the distance learning. And then I also had other students who felt that I was just more accessible and they could get help more readily. And that's when I realized I really needed to implement Modern Classroom. When fall of 20 came and we weren't quite sure what was going to happen with the students being uh, online at home or if they were going to be in the classroom, I just really didn't feel confident enough to start MCP. My district was also throwing a whole slew of technology applications at us. And I just, it just was altogether just overwhelming. And so at the end of last year, when we knew all of the kids were going to be in the classroom, I actually had a conversation with a colleague and he was all in and 
we started planning for this school year and we've been entrenched in MCP ever since. That is incredible. I really love the fact that you have a colleague who's willing to jump in um, and implement this brand new model for you. Um, it's really nice to hear that you were able to implement the model some during COVID. Um, and with all the uncertainties of like what's happening, right, it's really nice for students to have one less thing to worry about when it comes to their schoolwork. So it's pretty impressive what you've done so far. I absolutely love middle school teachers because I myself will will forever label um, myself as a middle school English teacher. So I, I just have to ask out of curiosity, which one is your favorite grade to teach and what content has been like your joy and your baby? Um, uh, probably, I, well, I would have to say definitely for sure this uh, this grade level, what I'm teaching now, eighth grade social studies. Um you know, when I uh, originally was in the credential program, I thought I wanted to do um, elementary school. In fact, that's what my credential is actually in. I'm a multiple subject credential. Um, but um, as I was going through the credential program, I realized I really liked working with the older kids. So I just kept creeping up, started in sixth grade and then seventh grade and moved up to eighth grade. And I love, absolutely love history. My favorite thing to do would be to go vacation and visit a historical site. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my, that's my passion. So right where I'm at right now, eighth grade social studies, perfect. You're definitely better than me. Eighth grade, when I taught eighth grade, I they were just too big of babies for me. <laughs> they were too cool for school. And I was like, oh, no, I need all the hype and all the energy that my little sixth graders give me. Um, so I'm, I'm so excited to be in the same space with a middle school teacher who's had so much experience. And I'm really glad that you were able to name the fact that you found out about a modern classroom through Kareem's Twitter account. Um, and so we actually have a good amount of mentees or teachers who find out about the model because of Twitter. So shout out to Twitter for that. Um, and so let's, you know, let's go ahead and start talking about your journey. Um, and I really like, again, you mentioned about, you mentioned uh, quarantine, COVID happening and just uncertainties. And I really appreciate that you named the fact that fall 2020, you were just not confident enough and you weren't really that, you weren't able to implement it the way that you wanted. And that's okay, right? Because I feel like with such a huge change with this model, it can be overwhelming. And um, and because of everything else that we as teachers have to go through and we have to prepare, um, something as big as this model could be very daunting. So I'm really glad that you didn't just give up. You were just able to come back. And as soon as you found out that the students were coming back in school, um, and then of course you had a colleague. And so when you pulled in your colleague to do this with you, what what was what was their initial reaction? Um, his initial reaction was uh, after I, of course, I showed him the video, uh, the Ed Edutopia video, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do this for years." And he go, and he also explained to me that the high school that our students feed into is also looking at going this type of route, and so he's like, "I'm all in," and I said. Great. Okay. So we began breaking down what um, the unit zero might look like. What are some things we wanted to make sure that we incorporated into our expectations and what was what was grading going to look like and how are we going to run the classroom? Are we going to use paper? Do we are we going to use online um, materials, Google Classroom, all that kind of stuff. So we spent quite a bit of time just making decisions. Um, because 
Um, Joe and I are very lockstep, very close as far as what we do. And we use also the same common summative assessments. And so we just wanted to make sure that both of us were on the same page. Yeah. And literally like shout out to teacher besties, right? They make things a lot better, especially when you try to, when you want to try something new. Um, okay. So as you're aware, one of the biggest appeals about this model is that students have the ability to access learning anywhere and anytime. Um, and you kind of briefly mentioned that with COVID happening, quarantining happening. So how has this impacted your classroom since you started implementing the model? Well, really truthfully, it's been a huge game changer. I, uh, really feel more comfortable teaching, knowing that if my student is going to miss my class for whatever reason, that he or she is going to still be able to be successful. And I also don't feel bad that they are missing my teaching because they actually still get it. I always used to kind of feel sad when my kiddos would miss concepts and skills if I was uh, traditionally teaching. And then it was kind of hard to know if I would ever catch them up because, you know, with traditional teaching, you don't just stop the lesson for the day and teach the previous lesson, catch up any of the students that may have missed it. So really truthfully, at that point in time, when I was traditionally teaching, my only option was for the students to come after school. And that's really hard because, um, especially with the clientele at our school, we have a lot of kids that might uh, that need rides home or they have to walk to go pick up their younger siblings at the elementary schools or they're in after school sports or clubs. Um, so just being able to access their learning with my instructional videos from anywhere really just eases my mind. I really do feel um, much more confident in my students learning the skills and the concept and the concepts now, even if they're not physically in my classroom. Yeah, and I have to agree with you. I know that when I was back in the classroom, it was such a um, it was just such a whole procedure, right, to kind of get students caught up with where they needed to be. So it could be a kid who was out for two, three days versus a kid who was out for one day. And I had to really figure out how to catch them up. And and it, I mean, I have to be honest, like it wasn't my best, right? I would just be like, here, sit here, read through this. Let me know if you have any questions. And then just hope, you know, like fingers crossed, you got it because we're going to keep moving forward. Um, and this model has just made me slow down as a teacher. It's also... Um, um, given students, you know, that that responsibility and accountability to pick up where they left off. And so being able to access the learning anywhere and anytime is really powerful. And you're right. We can't really expect for students to stay after school when they have other responsibilities and literally just like they have life outside of school. And so with this model really does um kind of encourage them to use their time wisely in, in the classroom. And if there's like circumstances that they have no control over, they still are able to access that learning. So the learning is continuous and it doesn't stop just because they're not in person. They're not in Zoom class or anything like that. They have access to all of it. So yeah, you're absolutely correct with that. Um, and so last month, uh, you replied to a tweet from Kareem that caught our eye. And you said that even though students have been quarantined, they all have come back prepared as if they were in school every day. Tell us more about this. So this was probably one of the biggest aha moments about the Modern Classroom Project for me. Last uh, school year, when my students were quarantined, I would have to 
put together a huge packet of work and hope that the students could get it done by teaching themselves. Eh, you know, I was available for questions through email, but in my district, we um, weren't allowed to Zoom live with students once we had even gone to hybrid. So this year, once I started in implementing Modern Classroom Project, I really truthfully didn't have to worry about my quarantine students. Sometimes they forget and they still email me about getting their work. They might say, hey, Mrs. Yoakum, I'm going to be gone. I've been quarantined. Um, can you please send me my work? And I just send them a friendly reminder that says, remember, everything is on Google Classroom. And I think it's just because MCP is kind of still new to them. Um, you know, we've we've only been in it since the beginning of August and um, eighth grade social studies is their only class that they are using the model in. So it's still kind of new for them, but I remind them and the students complete their work at home. Um, the only thing that I don't allow them to do at home are their skill checks, um, but I just have them complete them when they come back to class. Some of them have kind of have completed all the work and they come back and they take their skill checks and they're ready to go. In fact, um, I just had a student return on Monday and she was completely caught up minus her skill check. So when she came to class, she instantly went to her skill check seat, took the two skill checks she was missing. And after that, she was completely caught up. The students that I have talked to that have missed class say that it's just like not missing class. It's just like being in class. They really appreciate the instructional videos. They say they're very helpful. Um, one student even said that it was really difficult for her to kind of complete her math because when she was quarantined, because she was um, basically trying to teach herself using other websites and such, which is great because she's being resourceful. But she said that if she had had instructional videos, it would have been much more helpful. Uh, I had another student share with me that it was really easy to follow along in Google Classroom. It was just very straightforward having that uh, organized routine, something that she was used to, was just very easy to follow when she was gone on quarantine. And I think that's really uh, that, you know, as teachers, we really have to be intentional with our organization so that students can access that. So we could have all the resources for them. But if our LMS or learning management system isn't easy to follow along, it'll still be really overwhelming and uh, confusing for students. And so I like that you're able to have these conversations with students so that they can give you their thoughts and feedback and see what's really going well in your class and what's something that could be a little bit better. Um, I also so really, you know, it's it's true. I appreciate that uh, young student or that young lady that you have who said, like, if I had instructional videos for math, it wouldn't I wouldn't have taken so long to try and figure out all the other resources to get me to where I need to be. Right. Um, and I have to applaud um, that student because she's a self-directed learner. Right. Like she wants to learn about it. And I think it would be a lot easier, like she said, if there was the instructional video from their um, from their teacher. And so this whole model is an adjustment for students. And I'm, I'm happy that you're having these conversations with them just so that they're well aware that this is a brand new model and it's something to get used to. And it seems like you have a pretty good relationship with your students where they email you and you're just kind of like just a reminder, right? Like everything is in Google Classroom. I know this is a whole new model. And so I really appreciate the tone that you have with your students and just the patience um, because you are naming, again, the fact that this is the only class that they're doing modern classroom model in. So 
That's that's really great. And so I have a I have a question. So when students quarantine, are they gone for two weeks? Is that how that looks? Uh, a lot of it depends on their exposure um, and when they were exposed and when the school finds out that when they were exposed. But for most kids, it's usually 10 days. Um, but for some kids, it could be as much as 20 days. So, yeah, it just kind of depends on their exposure. Okay. And then so for those 10 days, uh, what are teachers doing who are not doing modern classroom? Are they giving them packets or how does that look? Some teachers are loading material into Google Classroom. Some teachers um, are also having packets of materials. Um, We're very fortunate that our parents are willing to come into school and pick up hard copies of things. Um, So it just kind of depends. It's not the same um, for every teacher. So it just kind of depends. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense because I know like I've just been kind of seeing around social media how frustrating it is because, you know, some schools are taking away like the virtual option. So when students are quarantining, like there's really no way for them to access their work, which I think is really disheartening. Um, And so that was just a question. Thanks for sharing that. So, you know, we also know that students who have missed days have a really hard time catching up with work. We already talked about this previously. And sometimes as teachers, we also get really frustrated, right? Because it's like, I have these specific lessons, I have to get it done in this day or else like we're going to be behind on our schedule, right? Like quote unquote behind. And so students may have missed days outside of their control. So be it for medical reasons, this is something that like Kareem and I were talking about one of his students being out for months at a time because of medical reasons, personal reasons, right? Like again, life happens for our kids and majority of the time it's not our students' faults, um, et cetera. So when students miss days, they get kind of punished in a way, right? Because they're not not really learning. And that isn't really equitable for me. Um, So how do you think that this model helps with absenteeism? So this model pretty much puts everything that the student needs at their fingertips and is absolutely still accessible when they are not physically in class. So even though the absence was out of their control, the student still has control over their academic success. They can still complete the work at home, in the car, at the appointment without feeling like they're pretty much doomed. So it makes it equitable for all students, no matter if they are in the classroom every day or just sometimes, especially for us, we, in um, our district, we have a one-to-one ratio with our Chromebooks um, and our district also provides hotspots for families that don't have internet access. So they have access to everything that they need. It also uh, allows our students to kind of come back with a feeling that they like they did didn't miss anything. They don't feel lost. Um, I also really like the power that it gives the students. Um, it's a power that they have to, to be in charge of their own learning. They get to make the decision to work on their missing work when the time best suits them. Kind of reminds me of the students that Kareem talked about when he was teaching at Eastern. Um, he talks, I've heard on his podcast, on the podcast many times, that he's talked about students missing days of school because they either had to work or they had to stay home watching siblings. And those are definitely things that are not in their control. But completing the schoolwork when they're able to is definitely in their control. So they can still go to school even if they aren't physically present at the school in the classroom. Yeah, I, you know, one of my students, I will always remember this It's probably one of my favorite stories. Um, He went to a dentist appointment 
And so he was out for the day and he came back the next day and he goes, Ms. D, I finished my work that you did yesterday. I was doing it at my dentist um, office. And I just, he was just so excited that he could continue his learning, even though he wasn't physically in the classroom and just the enthusiasm of it I was like this is such a cool thing like they're no longer I'm not I'm no longer the gatekeeper right like I actually have these instructional videos for them that they can access all whenever really all year if they wanted um and there wasn't just like a okay we're gonna learn together in these like 20 minutes in class and if you're not in class like that just kind of sucks like too bad so sad right um and so I Again, like it's just it's really nice that students are able to continue their learning. And I really like, you know, one of our program managers, Lisa Doty, had said, like, your teacher's in your book bag. So you literally just take your teacher out of your book bag and learn wherever you are, which is really exciting. Um, and so prior to MCP, can you tell us more about your procedures for students who missed a day or two or a week, really? Like, how did that look for you before MCP? So procedures for me before MCP, they were kind of like a hodgepodge or a potpourri of methods, a little bit here, a little bit there, packets, stuff online, that kind of thing. It was never really the same. Um, And unfortunately, uh, all of them required some additional time for me outside my regular school day. Um, I would often have to meet with students after school to get them caught up. Sometimes it took more than one day. And sometimes it also didn't happen right away when the student returned um, because they would have to make arrangements to stay after school. So sometimes it would occur like several days later. But within the classroom on the day the student would would return, the first thing that uh, they would do would be to talk to their table group, ask them what they missed. Then they would go to uh, an absent folder um, and that was on the counter, pick up any of the hard copies that they might need. And then I kind of hope that they kind of figured out for themselves what to do. And if they didn't, then we would schedule a time for them to come in after school to make it up. Um, it was really difficult for me to have time during the class period to talk with them, to catch them up in that traditional setting. Um, but the other piece that I noticed as well, now that I'm doing MCP, is, is that I didn't really have a set routine. So it was really a crapshoot for them to kind of guess what kind of assignments, if any, they were missing. And with MCP now, it's very structured. And that structured routine makes it really easy for them to know what to expect when they're gone. Yeah, you just got me thinking that's that's so true. There was no set routine for students who were absent. I tried everything. I, ha- I had folders where I printed out everything um, that we were covering for that lesson. I had uh, partners, you know, like students who would kind of catch them up. And I would just try everything out there to catch students up who've been absent. And there was never... Um, the best way. I never really figured it out. And I taught for 10 years and I never really figured it out until modern classroom, which was like really cool, but also really sad. Um, and I also wanted to talk about what you just said, right? Um, when students come back from being absent from just life happening, um, learning actually doesn't happen right away. And that's something that I didn't even think about because you're absolutely right. Sometimes you have no time because you're um, you know, lecturing or you're doing something else and there's just no time to catch the student up. So even when they do show up physically, it's like the teacher now have to, um, the teachers now have to kind of 
make time to make this happen. And it's sad that like it has to be after school, but then not thinking about like if this kid or the student has been out for, you know, days and they they're taking seven classes, like that's teachers who need to see this kid or this student um, after school. So it's not just you, you're not just, you know, it's not just you, you're kind of competing, like which classes, um, the students go to after school. And every teacher of course is saying like, oh, but this is important. You have to do this. So you have to show up on this day. And sometimes our students pick and choose, right? Like I know I had some students who were like English. Nah, I'm going to like math. (laughs) I could do math after school, English, not so much. And they kind of procrastinate. So then they continue to get behind pace with our, uh, with our lessons. And so, yeah, that's a really good point. It sometimes it just didn't happen right away. Catching up didn't happen right away. And you're just kind of hoping, like you said, that they figure it all out by themselves. Um, I went to a webinar yesterday that was again hosted by Lisa and one of the panelists, and I believe it's Amanda or Lindsay, uh, one of them were talking about how, um, they actually created, it was Lindsay who created specific videos for students who have been out, right? Just a quick, like, Hey, so-and-so, um, I know, you know, you've been out, this is what we did. Just kind of a quick explainer. And I thought that that was such a cool idea because it makes it personable. You notice that they were out, that, you know, you kind of miss them. So it wasn't just like pick up where you left off, but it was also a way to touch base with students who have been absent. And so, you know, for teachers who have that time, like that's really cool. Um, I think that I... I definitely didn't do that when I was implementing modern classroom, but I think if I were to go back in the classroom, I would definitely do something like a quick 20, 30 second, you know, video of just being like, Hey, we missed you. This is what we did today. Um, and all of that jazz. So I just thought that was just, we could get so creative with these instructional videos, which is videos in general, which I absolutely love. Um, okay. So this one is near and dear in my heart to my heart, right? Like I, Teachers sometimes don't take days off. So we've been talking about students who've been absent and how to really get our students um, learning wherever and whenever, right? And so this is something that I've also um, just been thinking uh, thinking about a lot. So teachers sometimes don't take days off because it's just too much work to be out than it is to just go to work. Um, And so have you had a chance to create a sub plan using Modern Classroom um, for the school year? Have you been out before? Um, if so, what did that look like? If not, like, do you have any hesitations to do so? Can you tell us a little bit more about your thought process? Like if you were to be absent, how is that going to look like? Well, I have to say I'm um, I first off, I really don't take days off much, which I probably should just for my own self-care or mental health. Um, but I'm pretty fortunate that I don't get sick very often, but if I do take a day off, um, before MCP, um, I was completely stressed out. Writing sub plans was extremely difficult. Um, you were always trying to find the right lesson, um, one that would keep the students busy and one that a guest teacher could actually conduct. Um, and then of course, if I was gone for more than a day, it could be a a nightmare. Just making sure that you're correlating from the first day to the second day. Um, It would take me days to type up my lesson plans, run all the copies. And unfortunately, which some of the assignments may not necessarily connect what to what we were specifically doing in history. And it would be busy work because you wanted to make sure that 
your students would keep things in order and not have chaos. But now that I'm doing the model MCP, my guest teacher plan's pretty much done. Um, my colleagues and I actually wrote a really simple one-page plan of how the classroom works. I include seating charts for attendance purposes, and I also include a copy of the objective calendar. I do include a little note, tells the guest teacher, hey, could you please wander around, monitor the students, get to know them, and then offer help when they need it. I also do let the guest teacher decide if they, if the students can have flexible seating or not, um, whatever makes them comfortable. My students uh, come in and have an assigned seat at the beginning of the period, but after announcements from me or a mini lesson, then they go straight to working on the unit and they're able to move seats. So I leave that up to the guest teacher, whatever they feel comfortable with. Um, and interesting enough, in August, um, I actually was already gone for four days. Um, we had pretty much been using the uh, MCP model for about a week and a half. So my students had about a week and a half of the routine under their belt. And I was really fortunate because when I returned, almost all of my kids had done a good job of following the objective calendar, completing their work. I did have some students fall behind. And I had one student that just made the decision that uh, that they weren't going to complete any work. But to me, I figure that's kind of all part of the course. Um, that student, after my return and a really good conversation, has been on top of his lessons ever since. Um, I, I have to say that using the MCP model, I'll tell you, guest teacher plans are the easiest now that I have ever written. I would have to agree with you, Amy. Um, you know, as I also hesitated about taking days off. To me, it was just super stressful trying to figure out an easy like assignment that guest teachers, I really like that term, that guest teachers were able to implement and like teach in the classroom. Um, and then you have to also like write out all the directions. Um, and so for me, I felt like it was just a lot of busy work for students because we couldn't dive deeper into the content because there was a guest teacher. And so um, when it comes to, you know, uh, taking days off, I agree, Amy, you probably should take some mental health days off just for our sanity because this year is a little bit wild. The past couple of years actually have been wild. Um, and so I, I have to admit, I implemented the, the modern classroom in my 10th year and I just saw how my students ran with it. And I took so many days off that year, <laughs> going to conferences, um, going to meetings, really networking with other teachers. And that never hindered the learning that was happening in my classroom. And something to that subs or guest teachers really loved the, the feedback that we would get is that they want to be in a modern classroom uh, only because the students know what they're doing and there's not really much that the guest teacher has to do. And um, one of the things that they talked about in the webinar as well, and I'll, you know, share the link in our show notes for that, is that uh, they also, the teachers provided the video, the explainer video of the LMS to the guest teacher so that they're aware of how to use the the LMS in that classroom. And I know, 
at my school in DC, the guest teachers had access to our LMS. And so they were able to see the assignments that students were working on. Um, and so I just like, my sub lesson plans were literally like students know <laughs> where they are and what they need to do. Here's the pacing tracker. Here's, you know, here are the assignments that they should be working on. And then my sub lesson plans were literally just like, hey, watch out for these two kids because they could be like playing around being, you know, being students. Um, and of course, like you said, you have students who will mess around, take advantage of not having their teacher in the classroom and really just waste time. That happens because students are students, right? And so my sub lesson plans has always been like, hey, check these students just to make sure that you're giving them reminders to get back on task or just, you know, celebrate if they are on task or when they are on task. Um, and then I also had uh, student leaders. And what I would do is I would have conversations with these student le leaders and I would tell them, hey, I'm going to be out for these days. Um, are you OK helping the guest teacher out with what we're doing. So just kind of summarizing what are, what's the class doing? What are students doing? Uh, where's the placement? How does that work? But because the routine was there, the students just knew they came in, they did their do now. It was a check-in of how they're feeling, you know, sharing any stories with me. And then they just went straight to work. So it wasn't, they didn't need me there. And I like loved it. And because that, I didn't feel guilty missing those days. I was able to really enjoy like going into conferences, um, you know, meeting other teachers around the city and just being able to take advantage of that. So my students are learning, I'm learning, um, and it just didn't stop, which I was like, this is amazing. So if you're a teacher and you haven't taken any days off, please take those days off. We have days off for a reason. Um, and I know it's super stressful to take days off, uh, but with, with modern classroom, it's definitely feasible. Um, and so I also really like your idea, Amy, of having the objective calendar so that students kind of know what objectives that they're supposed to be doing. And so with this model as well, we have to be clear with where they're going, right? Like, so my students knew how many lessons they had. They knew the must do, should do, aspire to do for the whole unit. It was never a surprise. So if they were finished with lesson one, they knew they could move on to lesson two. Um, and with me as well, I know, Amy, you said that you didn't um, let students take their skills check at home. Um, for me, I was, I allowed them to do that. And then when they came back, we would just have a conversation of like, okay, we talked about the skills. Um, you did your skill check on this. Uh, let's have a conversation. Like, what are your thoughts? What did you learn? How did you figure the answer out? Like, give me your thought process. And so that just became a dialogue. And if I saw that they took multiple attempts to master that skill check, I would, you know, of course, pull them aside or email them and just be like, hey, I've noticed that, you know, um, you've tried a couple of times or anything like, do you want to check in? Do you want to do a quick like five, 10 minute check in to make sure that everything is good, um, depending on their time, right? So I love the sub lesson plans, the guest teachers absolutely love going into modern classrooms, just because it's so easy for them. Um, and and so I know that every school has a template as well. And, and I know when I was teaching, we had to do emergency sub lesson plans. So, and we had to do three of them. And it was always just like, you know, in case you, did, you couldn't, um, you couldn't make it. And so that last year that I implemented Modern Classroom, um, I was able to just be like, students will just continue. So even if I'm not there, even if I'm running late, like students just kind of ran the class. 
And it was absolutely beautiful. And students started running that class two weeks into the school year because we were so clear with the routines. They knew how to access the information. They had videos to go back and remind themselves if they forgot. Um, and that to me was just absolutely beautiful. Like I also didn't need to be in the classroom just to continue the conversations and the lessons that we were covering in class. So um, it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, okay. So huh, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, Amy, about your experience about Modern Classroom, anything that your students have shared? Um, is there anything else? The only thing um, that I wish, I just wish I had found this model 28 years ago. I know it didn't exist, but I wish I had found it that, you know, when I first started teaching, I mean, I've only been doing this for a couple months now. And I, I just, I, I can't envision running my classroom any other way. I so appreciate the amount of time that I get to build the relationships with my students. It's amazing. I get to, I get to learn about what they did over the weekend. I get to learn about what they collect. I get to learn about a student who's watching his cousin and how he's not getting a whole lot of sleep right now because he's watching his little baby one-year-old cousin and, and how that cousin is actually getting picked up today. And so, you know, those little things I so value. I also really value that I get to sit sometimes one-on-one, sometimes small group and help the kids improve their skills. Um, And I also probably the biggest piece is I love the customization of this model. I don't think I have ever attended a professional development where it hasn't been very like, like lockstep. I appreciate that there's all these pieces. You pick what works for you. Um, I do know that what I'm doing right now, it's not stellar, but it's working for me. And I also know that with more time, with more help, with the mentorship program and continuing to listen to the podcasts and um, webinar, I'm just going to continue to perfect my MCP practices. And I'm just so happy that you're so open and receptive to all of that. I mean, with 28 years of experience under your belt, I I can only imagine like, you know, I wish, I too wish that I would have found this model or that this model existed when I first started teaching. Um, and that way, like, I feel like my students would have just been a lot more prepared for life in general, just because it teaches so many soft skills that we don't really have a chance to talk about or practice um, in our classes. And so we really appreciate um, you sharing your, you know, your experiences with us and just being so open to trying out new things. Um, and I think, you know, you said it's not stellar right now, but it's working. And I love that because it doesn't have to be stellar, right, for it to be working. It's okay if we start off with something really tiny um, and then we make adjustments. And so you'll, you know, there's a chance that you'll perfect it. and But there's also a chance that, like, because every unit and every school year with students are you know different they're all different you're probably going to have to be tweaking it for a while which is fine it's great um, because it is customizable um, and that's what I absolutely love about this model as well so um, 28 years in the classroom do you think you're going to stay for longer Amy? Uh, yeah I got 12 more years and um, you know I MCP is gonna is gonna help me finish those 12 more years so um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm ready to finish it out. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so, so, so happy to hear that. Um, and so we'll start wrapping up. Oh, that just brought 
just smiles all over. Um, and so your students are super lucky to have you. And I'm so excited that you have a colleague who's doing this process with you because I think that that's really important. Um, what is one piece of advice that you have for other teachers who are on the fence about the model? Um, you know, some of the criticism as I talk about MCP um, is in regards to the amount of work it takes to start it. And so my, my uh, advice would be to encourage your to find someone else to take the leap with you. Um, when Joe agreed, yep, I'm ready to go. And then at the beginning of this year, we ended up with another colleague who was also very interested and jumped on board. So between the three of us, um, we got it started. Um, we have been dividing the workload. And I'm also... Uh, extremely fortunate because both of those colleagues um, are who I would call my tech brothers because they're way more techie than I am. Um, they actually helped me, or I should say, they actually created the pacing tracker that I use in my classroom. And we are also talking about working on doing a mail merge um, for communicating with parents as well um, that I know that Zach um, has uses in his classroom. Um, we build our units together. We evaluate them after we're done. It's just, it's just been really great just to have two other colleagues. So if you can find someone else to take the sleep with you and convince them to work with you, then the work is, is not as much as it seems. And I, I really, I really like that point. Um, I think it's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of other, you know, just off other people. And also, we all have our different skills and expertise. So it's kind of nice. Um, you know, my colleague, Emily, she has a brother who is really good with uh, Google Sheets. And so we would just copy and paste the pacing tracker. and I didn't have to figure that out on my own, which was really nice. So then, Amy, I have another question, I guess a follow up question. And we didn't talk about this before. So I'm sorry, I'm putting you in the spot. But for teachers who are just doing this on their own, they're the only ones at school. Um, would you say that the Facebook group or like Twitter or anything like how do you how would you describe the modern classroom community? Uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I cannot I cannot share enough how much I appreciate everyone that is on the Facebook group and everyone that's part of the MCP community. Um, everyone is willing to share everything. Um, there hasn't been, I get so many ideas. I get so many ideas from the podcasts. I listen to the podcasts on my way to and from school and I get so many ideas. I have a little sticky note in my car and I'm constantly writing things down, um, that I want to implement in the next unit. And I get all kinds of ideas from the, from the, my colleagues on the Facebook group. They, People are willing to share their Google Docs, um, the things that they're using. And, and I also appreciate as well that people are willing to share what's worked for them. It may not necessarily work for the person that asked the question, but you can you get a plethora of ideas and you can kind of hold together what you think might work. And then, of course, if it doesn't work, then you can try something else. I just everyone is willing just to share. And I it's, it's just awesome. Just complete awesome. 
And I mean, we really appreciate your engagement on the Facebook group as well, Amy. I mean, your enthusiasm, like Monty and I are so grateful for you because you were always there to just kind of respond to, to teachers' questions and share your ideas. And it really is a family. I, I refer to that Facebook group as a modern classroom family because like you said, everyone is so willing to share everything that they have. Um, and, you know, there's even posts of like, hey, this didn't go well. Um, what are some ideas that you have, you know, you have implemented in your classroom to make this procedure or system a little bit better? And so teachers are, you know, being vulnerable about their challenges in the classroom. Um, they're just having conversations. They're sharing their celebrations. They're sharing pictures of their classrooms. They're doing just everything and anything. And I just really love that community. Um, and so I guess just to wrap it all up, right, Amy, would you say that this model, we talked about it, this model is perfect for students, uh, for absenteeism in schools because students are able to learn whenever and wherever. And so um, would you say that this is also a model that'll work if your school is not struggling with absenteeism? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just a model for students that are absent. Um, the kids, my students enjoy being able to pause and watch videos however many times I, I, you know, they, I appreciate that. I think, uh, Kate said it so well, you know, I feel like I've cloned myself 32 times. Um, and she's right. It's like, you know, all the kids get their individual lecture per se, and it's engaging and, the kids just, they love being in charge. I, you know, I, I have to say that it's also brought down the discipline issues in my class. I've had next to none, um, which is, you know, new for me because the kids are in charge and when they're in charge, things run smoothly. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough if I, you know, if I could, wave my magic wand um, over all of my teachers at my school, all the teachers in my district, I would be like, yes, you need to do all this. Let's everyone do MCP. Yes, everyone, including elementary as well. I love all of this. And this is a great way to end it. Um, just like what Amy says, you know, when kids are in charge, literally magic happens. Um, when students know that they're held accountable and that they are in charge of their learning, amazing things happen. So again, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge. Thank you for teaching for 28 years and planning to teach more. Really just thank you for saying yes to this opportunity. We really appreciate you. Um, and so with that being said, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org. And you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj. That's P-R-O-J. We are so appreciative of all you do for students in schools. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Podcast.